Hello, this is Who's He TV with The Mandalorian Chapter 20, The Foundling. So this episode was directed by Grief Cargrim himself, Carl Weathers. And how did he do with this short 30-minute episode? Well, to be fair, he packed quite a bit in, and this episode really dedicated to the little green fella, Grogu. Fans will be pleased to know that there are no extended trips to Coruscant this week, and picks up where last week left off, with Din and Bo-Katan now fully inducted into the Children of the Watch. And to kick things off, we see all the Mandos in different forms of combat training, with a makeshift blaster range for target practice and unarmed combat on the uh, judo range. Now, Din thinks Grogu has done enough mucking about and decides it's time for Grogu to begin his first test in combat against a fellow foundling. Put down the rocks, kid. It's time that you learn with the other foundlings. Playtime's over. I'm going to need you to focus. And it's other than the foundling we saw being inducted at the beginning of this season. And he now has a name, Ragnar. We also learn that this episode here is the son of Paz Vizsla, the hulking Mando with the Star Wars minigun. The pair of them face off with basically a, or paintball guns, and after a bit of encouragement from Din, Grogu performs a couple of full sleeps which look a bit ropey, if I'm, if I'm honest, and, and best Ragnar. After Ragnar goes to the lake's edge for a sulk, he is quickly snatched by a raptor and taken back to its nest, with Mando's jet packing in hot pursuit before running out of fuel. Bo leads a rescue mission to retrieve Ragnar. They return with the missing foundling and also with three baby raptors that they somehow manage to cram inside the gauntlet, which you know someone will be riding come the end of this season. But with Din and Bo away, the armourer takes Grogu to the forge, where she makes him his first piece of armour for passing his first test, with Din's mudhorn signet engraved on it. While the armourer is giving Grogu a history lesson on being a Mandalorian, Grogu has a flashback to the Jedi Temple in Order 66 and how he escaped the Purge. This is the forge. It is the heart of Mandalorian culture. Just as we shape the Mandalorian steel, we shape ourselves. We all begin as raw ore. We refine ourselves through trials and adversity. The forge can reveal weaknesses. Also with Bo losing a piece of armour to the raptor, the armour of Forge is Bo a replacement, where Bo casually mentions that she's seen a mythosaur, to which the armourer doesn't really have well, any kind of response. What would you say if I told you I saw one? That you saw what? A mythosaur. I would say you are very lucky. It is a noble vision. No. I mean a real one. Beneath the living waters on Mandalore. When you choose to walk the way of the Mandalore, you will see many things. But it was real. This is the way. Now, 
All of this does sound good on paper, and it does have some great moments this week, but none of it really amounts to anything. However, what this episode really does do is further Grogu's and Bo's characters with regard to Mandalorian society. Grogu has now begun his journey to becoming a Mandalorian because, well, as he cannot yet speak, he cannot speak the Creed and therefore cannot wear a helmet. Though how that will look, I really don't know. It's also interesting to see the flashback to Order 66. There were two things in this scene that stood out for me. Firstly, the clone troopers, which, rather than being CGI creations as they were in Revenge of the Sith, were actors in full clone trooper armour, and it looked so much better for it. I never really engaged with the clone troopers until recent years, mainly because they weren't, well, stormtroopers, who looked really cool, to be honest. But Sim in their 501st livery looked amazing. And as the 501st were Anakin Skywalker's division, I was half expected to see Hayden Christensen, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. But the other thing I really liked in this flashback was the Jedi who saved Grogu and got him off Coruscant, who was played by none other than Ahmed Best. Poor Ahmed Best. Star Wars fans really turned on him after playing Jar Jar Binks in The Phantom Menace. I didn't like Jar Jar either, but an Ahmed Best only did what he was asked to do by George Lucas, so turning on him like that was disgusting. So to see him here as a Jedi and wielding two lightsabers was pretty damn cool, and I hope... Well, it was a two-finger salute to the naysayers. Now, coming back to Bo-Katan, it certainly looks like she's becoming accepted of following the way and becoming an active participant with the Children of the Watch. She creates the rescue plan to get Ragnar back. I know how to get there. We should muster up a hunting party and go after him. I scouted where it lives and mapped the location. There. The nest. It flew a long way. I will go get him. The mountains are too high. If we use jetpacks, the beast will hear. It would kill the child. These are no higher than the peaks of Kairamurid. I used to climb them in basic training. I'll fly to the foothills, scale the rest of the way on foot. I'll join you. She asks Dina how to eat without taking her helmet off, is welcomed back as a hero, and opens up to the armorer about seeing the mythosaur. However... I'm still not sure where her loyalties lie, and I think the showrunners are certainly trying to keep us on our toes with this. Other highlights this week was that Paz Vizant now appears to have a grudge and respect for Din and Bo. Din saved Ragnar's life after he fell from the clutches of the raptor. We get a this is the way moment between the two of them. Are you okay? I'm okay, Dad. Thank you. This is the way. This is the way. And when the Mandos go their separate ways to eat, Paz informs Bo that she has the honour of sitting by the fire to eat as she's the one who is leading the mission. And again, though, I'm not sure about Paz visit due to his family history of Mandalore, but I hope they don't go down a, pre- a predictable route having him betray them with a lust for power. We also had another Ray Harryhausen moment this episode with the Raptor, which was straight out of One Million Years BC, and the Mandos taking it down was really well realised. But this is the halfway point of this season and so far it's been a lot of world building with not a lot to show for it. We still have no antagonist and no real sense of where this season is heading and I'm getting frustrated with this. It appears right now that this season about Bo and I'm certain this will end with her riding the Mythosaur and proclaiming herself the ruler of Mandalore. But surely that cannot be it? Last week we had the mystery of where all those TIE fighters came from. Certain rumours seem to suggest this is down to Grand Admiral Thrawn and that we will see him this season. I, I really don't think so. But it would make more sense if it was Moff Gideon. 
But as we've only had a couple of mentions of him so far, I'm even beginning to doubt that. So all in all, this was another Treading Water episode. It achieved a little with Grogu and Bo-Katan, but apart from that, it was filler. Gorgeous looking filler, but filler nonetheless. Maybe next week we'll see the season kick up a gear, but right now, I'm not holding my breath. Thank you.